welcome into today's Irish NFL show with me, Colm Cronin, and I am delighted to be joined by Chris Arnham. Chris, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm good, and I, I, this is, I suppose, some an idea, something I've kind of been ruminating on for a little while, and I, it's something I wanted to discuss, and I reached out to you, and you were open to, to having a chat, and I'm sure there will be listeners who will have their own opinions and thoughts on this, and definitely they should uh, reach out uh, to us. Uh, we always love to, to hear from our listeners, and you can do that across any of our social media um, platforms, or if you go to the website, irishnflshow.com, you'll find the email address there. Um, but we always uh, appreciate um, any feedback or insights that anyone has. And we may as well get into the topic. What I said to Chris was, Chris, I'm really interested in having a conversation around co- who are the most kind of fascinating coordinators as we head in towards the 2023 season. And there'll be some of them who are new coordinators. There'll be some of them who, you know, are were interested because maybe they've had additions to the roster or maybe, you know, there were teething problems in year one. Um it will be it'll be very interesting, I think, the discussion. And I'm gonna let give the floor to, to you, Chris, to kick this off. Who who is, I suppose, who who opens this for you? Who are you intrigued by uh in the in terms of coordinators? Well, the good news is there's a plethora of new appointments and changes in the coordinators. I did a quick check and there's fifteen new offensive coordinators this year. And 13 new defensive coordinators this year. So as we can see, there's a lot of turnover, a lot of things, a lot of changes within a lot of organizations. But I'm going to start with the AFC norm. The one that really intrigued me the most is the new coordinate, offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. Tom Munkin is, was the defensive coordinator at the University of Georgia um, for a couple of years. I'm sorry, the offensive coordinator at Georgia for a few years. And some might say he might have had as much talent within that Georgia than maybe a few NFL teams had. Um, he's replacing Greg Roman, who was sort of the, the, the pistol formation sort of guru. He's the one who started out with Colin, Colin Kaepernick, did sort of the pistol run offense, and then took that to Baltimore and used that with Lamar Jackson. Now, I think Baltimore is seen with all the injuries that Lamar just can't go around running and they need to learn how to, you know, do some pocket passing. So it'll be very interesting to see what Todd Bogan can do. Um, I, it's very rare to see a, a college coordinator come in that isn't, you know, showcasing a new sort of formation or anything. And really, um, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to, to help Lamar Jackson evolve. So I really think that'll be one to watch. And one that I think a lot of people will be paying attention to, especially with all the Lamar Jackson um, drama that was going around. And well, the one that I'm surprised didn't happen was with my favorite team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Matt Canada. Um, one of the most uninspiring offenses I've ever seen. If you were ever to look at his pass chart, just about ninety percent of the passes were five yard into into the outside of the hash. I know Steeler fans were begging for a replacement, but at the same time, we all know how loyal Mike Tomlin is with his with his coordinators. But if we don't see Kenny Pickett in the offense pick up, 
in the first few games, I think he'll be on the hot seat and there could possibly be a change at the beginning of the year. So those are the, the, the main two ones that I'm, I've been focusing on, but when there are any of your, any out there that you found, you know, fascinating or surprising. Yeah, well, on on that, on those two, I mean, the, the Ravens, it, it will be fascinating, right? Because essentially the, the Ravens have moved off of both coordinators now um, over the past couple of years. So it is a, a very new approach in Baltimore. And obviously, um, you know, they have been run, the run heavy, um, you, you would have to say, I think Lamar is underrated as a, a passer. And I, I think it will, they haven't really done a lot to put weapons around him I think it will be interesting um, to see how it evolves uh, I think they they, know, they recognize that they, they have to change somewhat I mean they, they've been, they are, it's a super competitive division but the Ravens are always there or thereabouts in a, you know, a sliding doors moment they could have beaten the Bengals last year the year before they went through just uh, incredible injuries but they have decided to, to make changes and in terms of, I suppose, the, the Matt Canada one, yeah, that is a little bit of a, a head-scratcher, um, given what we saw uh, la- last year. I mean, look, Mike Tomlin, I think he's magic, but yeah. this is a decision that, um, you know, I, I wonder, like, was that, is everyone on board with it? Now, I, I'm sure they are to an extent, but... A, a, a key factor in this is Matt Canada's relationship with Kenny Pickett. Matt Canada actually recruited Kenny Pickett in college. So they do have a relationship. And I do think Kenny did sort of, you know, say, hey, I'd like to keep this guy. Um, but do others in the organization feel the same way? Probably not. But as always, the quarterback usually, you know, reigns in his opinion. In, indeed. Um, so yeah, no, I think two from, from a very interesting ones from the AFC North. For for me, um, I I'm gonna go uh, into uh, the division as well, but it is uh, into I suppose the division. My team. Um, I'm gonna go to the AFC West, and I am gonna go to the LA Chargers. Because, oh yes. Uh, Kellen Moore coming in there oh. is is going to be fascinating, and. I think sometimes we underestimate just the impact that an offensive coordinator can have on um, a a quarterback and the way in which they approach it. And I I would say Matthew Stafford, to me, is a great example of that. Um, You know, we know he has a cannon of an arm. We have seen it on display, but kind of early, you know, or for a a lot of his... um, Lion's career, he, he didn't get the opportunity to showcase it. Um, and then Daryl Bevel came in and he really allowed him to push the ball down the field. And Matthew Stafford was able to, to do that. Now, Justin Herbert had an absolutely magical rookie year. It truly was incredible. He came in. There were there were some doubts around him uh, in the draft process. People put stories out there. He wasn't mature. I mean, it, it is crazy when you look back on those. Uh, but that first, first season, um, you know, he he was the thing kind of holding them together when yes. everything else was, was falling apart. He had Shane Sykin at that point. Um, and we saw we saw what Shane Sykin did with Jalen Hurts. I think it's going to be fascinating to see what Shane Sykin does 
um, with Anthony Richardson. But that's probably a, a conversation for another day because we're focusing on coordinators rather than head coaches. But that is one to put an asterisk around to keep an eye on because um, I like Anthony Richardson. I think there's a lot of talent. But for me, when when you look at, say, when Kellen Moore, what he was able to to do with Dak and like Dak, um, basically, you know, he, especially that those first couple of, of years together when his yards per attempt um, were above eight yards. That to me, suggest, you know, is a suggestion because the, the Cowboys, you know, their offense was they had the pieces in place and we know the Chargers have the pieces in place. Can the, the Chargers stay fit? Um, but all, under Joe Lombardi, um, it felt like Justin Herbert was playing with the handbrake on. Now we get to see, like, is it is it Justin Herbert who who is conservative and unwilling to push the, the ball down the field, or was it was it truly Joe Lombardi who was holding it back? I think it's a, a obviously a huge season um, for the Chargers for Herbert, and I think. I think Kellen Moore uh, is is a very very smart guy. We've seen that time and time again. Dallas is not an easy place to be a coach. You mm-hmm. have Jerry meddling um, in in all sorts of ways, and oh, yeah. he he has favorites. I don't think that will be the case at all in uh, with the Chargers. I think he will be allowed to get on with business. They have the weapons. Question, of course, is can they stay fit? But for for me, that is absolutely one of the most intriguing um, kind of aspects to, to this. And I think it will help that the Chargers aren't going in with the sort of hype that existed last year around them. Uh, they won the off season last year. There was all that talk that isn't yeah. the case this year. I, I do think that uh, that will help. Um, any, anyone else, uh, Chris, who, who, Anyone else you uh, that stands out to you that you'll be keeping an eye on? Oh, another one is Brian Flores, the new coordinator for the Vikings. Um, that's a huge get for the Vikings. We do know all the weapons they have offensively, and they were. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'm guaranteeing the stats are very putrid defensively for for the Vikings. Horrific, um, horrific. Exactly. They. I mean, they would clearly have to score five to six touchdowns a game just just to have a chance. Um, Flores comes in. Obviously, he was the head coach at Miami. He was let go. Um, the Steelers brought him on last year as a sort of a defense assistant. Uh, didn't really have a defined role there. Was sort of a linebackers coach slash run support defensive coordinator. But um, this is a guy who coached under Bill Belichick. Got his start with him. Is known as a tough, hard nosed guy. Does not take any crap from anyone. And really will add a lot of physicality to a Vikings team that really needs it. Um, so that's one that I'm certainly looking for. And then the other one, other defensive coordinator too, Vic Fangio out in Miami. Uh, Miami, they they picked up Ramsey um, in their secondary. They've got some talent defensively. They lost a couple linebackers. But Vic Fangio is the defensive guy. Um, you see guys under his tree. Um, I think the one guy from who becomes really popular, the Panthers' new coordinator, um, Evan Evero. I'm sorry, I'm like, Ege, yeah, Evero. Uh, yeah, he he was um, he 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 was uh, with the the Broncos last year. And... He's sort of a Vic Fangio, you know, coaching tree. And 
I love their defense. When Vic Fangio was with Denver, with Chicago, I love watching those defenses. So the Dolphins, that that's going to be a really tough division. They really needed to shore up that defense. Um, so that's another one. Yeah, we've recorded a, a podcast with Brian and Connor Brophy, um, kind of uh, looking at where teams are at in terms of the after the offseason, kind of going into June, which tends to be the the down month in the NFL if such a thing exists. And I'm, I'm really high on, or higher on the Vikings, not really high, but higher on the Vikings than a lot because... I really believe in Flores. Uh, I think he is a very, very good coach. I think he got dealt a bad hand in Miami. And the fact that they have lost, uh, you know, um, picks as a result of some of the decisions made by people much higher in the organization than he was is telling. Uh, To me as well, going back to the fact that Mike Tomlin, um, despite the fact that he had just taken the the case against the league, Tomlin was willing to bring him in. That to me is testament A to, to Tomlin's leadership. But he recognized that by bringing him in, uh, it would be, uh, you know, it would benefit the, the Steelers. And I, I think this is where I think uh, it will be interesting in terms of Vic Fangio, right? Because there are people like Ajibo Evero who stand out and, and have worked, um, you know, with them. But Ed Donatello worked with Vic as well. And the Vikings were a shambles last year. And I, I did talk um, to um, or on another podcast in relation to, to this. I, I think there's a lot of pressure on Vic this year because um, I suppose when he was with the, the Bears um, and, and with others, like, he, yeah, OK, he's gotten to the, the Super Bowl with the 49ers, but there are real expectations in Miami. Like and and it's kind of going to be this double act between him and, and Mike McDaniel. Uh, it'll be very interesting. Can he take the step to really enter the pantheon? If he does, he then he's absolutely going to be up there with the yeah. great defensive minds of the the game. But until he adds a ring, I'm not ready to put him in the pantheon. Yeah, but he's also though him and Flores both are are definitely auditioning too for future head coach jobs. So I think they'll. You know they're going to be putting their all into, it, but I, I completely agree with your assessment of Fangio. This is sort of not his last stand, but all you know, he's going to lose a lot of reputation. A lot of eyes will be on him if he doesn't succeed in Miami. Yeah, they that one to one to certainly keep an eye on, and and for me, um, staying in the uh, a- AFC East, I think Bill O'Brien coming in as the offensive coordinator at the Patriots. Is. Anyone going to be better than Matt Patricia? So let's just start with that. <laughs> Absolutely, there there is the winning a taller than Danny DeVito contest. Wow. I mean, look, look, Mac Jones uh, has spoken. When we are recording this, I saw a quote that was from Mac Jones, who who was asked what it's like um, this year at OTAs and around the building. He said, "Well, it's normal this year." <laughs> what is so telling? He he has given he's given incredible. It's into what it was, and it was so. It was so strange. I know at the time, Mark Cockrell, a big Patriots fan, um, tried to defend what Belichick was doing. But there's a reason teams have um, offensive and defensive coordinators. They don't even even if they aren't necessarily calling the plays, they're still in in situ. I know Belichick likes to do his own thing, but last year when you had Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Um, and, and 
don't know if you saw Belichick's comments about Joe Judge when he's asked, what, what Joe Judge will do this year? A bit of this, a bit of that, whatever I ask him to do. Waterboy, essentially. Yeah, essentially. Over. Um, but those were the guys entrusted with the offense last year. It was a really strange year for the, the Patriots. And they, and they really, you know, they the Mac Jones, he really, you know, did not improve at all. Um, he, what's the word I'm looking for? Not denigrated, but like, yeah, he, he regressed. He regressed, exactly. Now, Bill O'Brien, he worked with Bill O'Brien at the University of Alabama. So they were very familiar with each other. Um, so it, I think it's a good fit for Mac Jones, but it's, it's, you know, there's no more excuses now for Mac Jones, really. Like, this is his make-or-break year. He's got a, a quality coordinator, someone who's won in the league, someone he's familiar with. So no more excuses for Mac Jones. No, and and really none for um, the the Patriots at large. This should be the you know the the Brady stuff is well behind them. At at the time of recording, Brady is not yeah. playing in the league. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, that that that's a story. Okay. You know that story is going to run and run and run and run, and that will that will be the the case. Um, I I suppose um, when the the team a team that really um is intriguing is is a team I uh, was very high on um last year, and and that is the Philadelphia Eagles because the Eagles had replaced both their offense and and, and defensive um coordinators and. I think to, to me, losing Shane Steichen in particular is going is is a really tough act to to follow because I, I rate him very very highly. Um, when you consider, as I said, what he was able to do with Herbert, and remember, they hadn't planned for Herbert to come in as early as he did. Um, you know, they there was the the doctor that kind of infamously punctured uh, Trav Taylor's lung, so Herbert comes in. But they made it work, and and that's what Steichen is so good at doing. He builds a system um, to the players' strengths. Now Brian Johnson gets the the chance to to come in there. Um, you would think, right? If we were recording this maybe five years ago, Chris, this would be we'd be talking about him being a very young guy at thirty six. But Sean McVay has completely changed uh, the the landscape now. Obviously. Now, he worked, obviously, was the quarterback's coach for Jalen Hurts, so he knows uh, Jalen Hurts. And the Eagles still have a huge um, number of the, the pieces of the last year's offense in, in situ. Uh, a couple of changes uh, here here and there, but overall, the offense in particular, uh, some few more changes on defense, but um, it, it's still, the roster is pretty similar to, to how it will be. So... I'm interested. Sometimes it can work when you promote the uh, quarterback's coach, and um, but sometimes it can. You're, you're basing it on the relationship that they have with the QB, and again, it's very different when you are just the quarterback's coach to going to be the offensive coordinator. I mean, by all accounts, he is he's very smart, um, and he you know he. The players really re- respect him and they trust him. Um, but to me, that is a, a piece that, you know, will be one to, to watch. And obviously then um, when you go uh, to the other side of the ball, the, the Gannon thing is so interesting to me because they were 
ferocious last year. 70 sacks, we all know about it. But even during all that, there were still murmurings of discontent um, from from some of the, of the players. Um, obviously, Gannon has, has moved on since. Um, and the, so, but no matter what happens, like if they have a season, right, where they get 50 sacks, they get 60 sacks. People are kind of going to look at it as a, a step back, back, which is kind of crazy, uh, mm-hmm. un, unless they win um, the, the Super Bowl. So um, Sean Desai has a, a big, big job uh, on his hands there in, in some respects. But if the players, are, you know, if, and I, I again, I rate Siriadi, I think he'll be able to, you know, get just go to them and say, look, you guys weren't happy with Charlton Gannon last year, despite everything we did. Sean Desai has come in, you know, we still have. The, the bones are in place. They have some great young defensive talent. Um, they, you know, Jordan Davis is, has had a year and Kobe Dean has had a, a year. They've been able to bring back um, Bradbury and Slay. So, I mean, the, the pieces are there. The, the design needs to show that, you know, he he's able for, for this. So it's just in like when a team went to the Super Bowl and had to replace both coordinators with a young and, you know, um, he's been a great job just far, thus far, but Nick Sirianni doesn't have that many years in the league. The Eagles certainly at un, a little bit of an unknown quantity um, heading into 2023. Yeah, a little bit for sure. It's not uncommon, you know, when you win the Super Bowl to lose your coordinators, but to lose both of them, you know, is, is it, it it's going to be tough. Sal, he comes from the Seahawks. He's got a good pedigree. Um, you know, really knows his defense. But yeah, it is surprising that Gannon is no longer there. The continuity, though, that, that we see, you know, with Johnson coming in will only be help, only be helpful for, you know, his progression. And I, I definitely see the, the Eagles as being the team to beat still, even next year or this upcoming year. But uh, one coordinator i think he's on the hot seat the most without any question is eric the enemy in washington um here's a guy who was you know under under um the shadow of, of andy reed for many years never really got the credit for you know the, the success of their offense clearly left you know a successful organization like the chiefs to get sort of the credit for what's going on within his own offense um, unfortunately, the, the offense that he inherits does not have Patrick Mahomes. Um, their quarterback situation is, I would say, one of the worst in the league right now. Um, starting a second-year quarterback, I can't even remember his name. When I watched him in college at the University of North Carolina, that's how nondescript uh, a talent this guy is. Um, so I think he'll be under a lot of pressure. I think he'll, you know, he really needs this to work out for him, and if it doesn't, um, we might never see him become a head coach. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Eric Bieniemy. I, I, I think you know, yes, Andy Reid runs that offense, but there are plenty of guys that worked under Andy Reid, like Matt Nagy and other folks, who went on to become you know head coaches. And I really think Bieniemy deserves a chance, but he'll have his chance now. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it is one of those situations where you wonder why he didn't get the head coaching gig because it 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 feels like 
other people in that position, like we saw with Matt Nagy and others, where they did get the opportunity. So what is it? That is certainly one I think will be fascinating. And another, um, and this isn't a, a new, I suppose, appointment, um, and it was one of the last year's most exciting candidates, but Ben Johnson with the, the Lions, I think that is one where we're going to see, um, you know, how how it goes with, with the expectation and with the change. And we talked about this with Connor and Brian on, on the podcast. Like, they've totally retooled that running back room. Yeah. They've moved on from um, players who uh, contributed more than 20 touchdowns last yeah. year. Um, but, like, I, I know that so many teams were so enamored by what Ben Johnson and the Lions offense did last year. Um, and so, you know, I suppose he would have been involved in some of those decisions or at least had some input. Obviously, you know, general manager, head coaches are going to be the ones who ultimately make those decisions. But like they, their points total last year um, was the second highest in franchise history. Um, the fact that they scored, oh my goodness, as, as a Broncos fan watching them, I just, it, yeah, I was so jealous, so jealous, so, so, so many times. But like they scored more than thirty points in eight games. Like they were, they 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 went from the the factory of sadness to the house of fun. They were so entertaining, um, to to watch. And even when they say they moved on from T.J. Hawkinson, um, and um, which I thought honestly was a bad move by them. Um, but that's you know I don't I don't understand why they got rid of him and then drafted another tight end to replace him. Yeah, it's, I, I suppose they, they they feel maybe they can they they have money to to spend elsewhere. Yeah. But I certainly know that when we had the opportunity to speak uh, with Brock Wright, he spoke very very highly of both um, Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson. So that is um, that is one that um, you know I think if if they have a, a season similar to last, he is an absolute shoe it shoe it. Um, for um, a, a head coaching uh, position, um, I, I think next off season. I, I suppose that's one of the things is there. there there's always you know I see, you, you said there were 15 um, offensive coordinator changes and 13 defense. I mean, nearly half the league. <laughs> um, you know, it makes makes a change. So um, there will be churn again, and there will be guys who um, you know are currently. Um, linebacker coaches or quarterback coaches who will get their opportunity. I'm sure there'll be even potentially some teams that will move on from coordinators over the the co- or mid mid season. So we'll just have to to see how how it goes. Um, I just before we we wrap up, is there is there any uh, anything else you wanted to to hit on, Chris? No, um, about the only other thing are the the Cincinnati coordinators. Both of them were, are are going to be top. You know, if, if Cincinnati has another good year, both of those will be top choices for coaches next year. Quite frankly, I thought, you know, they should have been this year. So those, those are two coordinators that are staying. They got the continuity. Those are going to, they're probably going to have, both have successful years. So I suspect they will both um, become a head coaching. Yeah, um, I, I, I would agree with you there. They've both been, I suppose guys have been around for a, a little while. Um, so sometimes you see guys 
um, who kind of get, get it very early. I think Callahan's in his fifth year. Um, and what, you know, um, what's been interesting, I suppose, is um, like, obviously, we talked about the impact, right, that coordinators can have um, on quarterbacks, the impact that quarterbacks can have on coordinators. Because I know, I remember the, the stat that um, in the Bengals' fir- first two years uh, under Callahan, um, they uh, with him as offensive coordinator, they finished 30th at 29th in, in scoring. Um, and then over the past couple of years, uh, they finished seventh. So that's uh, the difference that uh, Joe Burrow uh, can make with coordinators and wide receivers as well. You know, you never see a great wide receiver without a good quarterback. Uh, no, I, I, absolutely. Very, very, very true. Uh, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Uh, made some guys very, very as well. Uh, very big Ben and, and and others. And yeah. They 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 get those those guys uh, paid certainly. Uh, Chris, this is this has been a, a lot of fun. I um, want to thank you for taking the time to to chat to me. Um, there will be lots more to to come over the the course of the the off season. Plenty more discussions for anyone listening. If you enjoyed the podcast please do rate review and subscribe on whichever platform you listen on it does make a huge difference it helps other people uh, to find us gets the the word out and as i said at the top of the show please do reach out we we love hearing uh from fans if you have ideas on topics you might like us to cover uh let us know on that as well um but for now chris uh thank you very much and look forward to chatting to you again soon Thanks, Colm. I really appreciate you having me on and look forward to speaking with you later in the year.